It is July 18th, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, the uh, Extreme Rules Fallout edition of SmackDown Live. Also going to talk a little bit about Hulk Hogan. New Day released a statement. Uh, more word is getting out about what happened backstage, about uh, the reaction backstage, and uh, who better to solve it than me and Justin Labar? Two white guys for those that are uh, <laughs> Not watching video. I think, uh, you know, welcome to Wrestling with Privilege, where we as white men discuss our insights on situations that we will never directly experience or possibly have no idea of what the parties involved are going through. <laughs> with that in mind, Justin, what can Hulk Hogan do to heal his wounds with the African-American community? Uh, well, like you said, I mean, you know, we, you know, yeah, we, we can't say that we are personally offended or that we understand what those who are offended are going through. We can, we can think that it makes sense but you know yeah we can't put ourselves in place you know look i, I mean i i think probably everything he's trying he is doing is, is i mean look you can't take back what he, you can't take back what was leaked what 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 came out that you can't erase it from people's memory all you can try to do is just uh have him do enough positive actions to make people at the very least um just be able to tolerate him uh at the very least you know so i mean doing the you know the boys and girls club stuff he's doing and 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 just uh you know all all the pr i mean that's that's all he can do i mean and, and obviously he addressed the locker room um which i think is a good thing i think if i think i think had wwe announced on sunday that they are reinstating him uh, i'm going to you know continue acknowledging him again and had they not had they let you know any amount of weeks go by before bringing him around everybody that would have been a problem so it was good by them by having him there um, to address everybody before he goes back out on camera, whenever that'll be, and, uh, or does any ambassador work for WWE in terms of a legend. So, I mean, all he can do is say, I'm sorry, and try to directly talk to some of those, specifically, you know, the black performers in WWE who, who are offended. And I know Mark Henry talked about them, Mark Henry and Hulk talked, and that's the best thing you can do is he's got to go one-on-one um, with those who want to talk to him one-on-one. Yeah, everyone has a different standard. I mean, I've been very vocal about what I think, uh, you know, he hasn't done. Um, but we're hearing specifically about these anecdotal um, reactions. And when I say that, I mean, we're hearing the, the stories of each individual performer, um, including the African-American performers on the roster. So the New Day released a statement because they're being asked about it so much. And they said that they feel indifferent, not happy, sad, angry or resentful. Who the WWE puts in the Hall of Fame is totally and completely up to the company from a career standpoint, but there's no, and there's no argument that Hogan should be there. But um, they feel that he needs to uh, take some action. Um, you know, do something that that they think is a do. They say uh, the exact words: genuine effort to change. Then uh, perhaps their opinion will change. And uh, yeah, so the word was that I heard, and again, a lot of this is secondhand. There's no way to verify it aside from New Day. No one's really released a statement about it. But, you know, there was talk like Titus O'Neil uh, stormed out of there when they saw he was back. Uh, Mark Henry. Uh, has Mark talked to anyone on the record yet about this? Yeah, Mark talked about it on, uh, I think, Busted Open because he's a regular now on that. Gotcha. And what was his viewpoint? Do you recall? Uh, to paraphrase, you know, basically he feels that, you know, um, you know, Hulk still has more work to be done. He, he, he's happy with the work that he started to do, but there's still more to be done. He did talk to Hulk and, and Hulk said, you know, Mark, I, I don't like getting the looks that I'm getting. I don't like people thinking that that's what's in my heart is that kind of hatred or, or, or you know, prejudice. So, uh, Mark seemed to believe him, but he, Mark, you'll acknowledge that there's just, there's going to be, it's going to take time and work, uh, to be done. But Mark was very open to it. He, he did not, um, you know, he didn't dismiss it saying this is a mistake.
What I don't understand is why Hogan, so his statement backstage was recorded potentially for an upcoming WWE 24 documentary. Um, what I don't understand is why he keeps leaning on, oh, I didn't know I was being recorded and you have to watch what you're saying because everyone has a camera. Like, why is he leaning on that? As I mean, the words that I'm not hearing, again, this is, this is all report, right? Because we haven't seen the speech. But what I'm not hearing out of this is Hulk saying emphatically, firmly, racism is wrong. Hatred, bigotry, intolerance is wrong. What I said at the time was wrong. And I want a chance to prove that I am not the man I was. I just don't understand why he's not owning the moment that that was what was in his mind and in his heart well, at that moment. Well, I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, we really haven't had, like, ever since this happened, they're really, it's not like Hulk's had, like, a press conference. It's not like he's had, like, a big, you know, they're... I'm sure I, I'm sure it's because it's been several years has been going on. I'm sure TMZ's you know chased them down and and you know, but it's not you know whatever first off, whatever we see if they show it, uh, the speech that he makes to the roster, and then whatever he says if they decide to have him make a public address whenever the first time he's back in the ring for a promo, that really will be that I can recall, and maybe somebody can correct me. That's really would be like the first true long format him truly say no he i mean i, I don't know I, I i know he said other things and we've gotten clips but you know so who knows who knows what he said to the roster in terms of word for word we'll, you know maybe we'll find out i i have not asked anybody in WWE about it i, I know i know titus but I, I did not want to reach out to him because i you know i kind of that thing of like i don't want to be <laughs> What's the text? Uh, so titus right i mean Hogan question mark emoji shrug <laughs> right you know? it's, not, it's not like i'm a black guy reaching out to titus you know saying hey, let, let's talk about this issue that we can we can we can both comprehend in the same way. So, you know, I, so I don't know what was said. I, I don't know, but I get what you're saying, but perhaps, perhaps now he, he will own it to that uh, degree that you're, you're talking about. Well, and he's given interviews and this first one that he gave is like, Oh, I was really depressed at the time. And it was like, well, shit, I know when I get depressed and feel down yeah. racist tirade. I mean, come on, that's, it's kind of the crutch that got me through most of my teen years. Um, no, I mean, it's just, it's so weird to me. And as people are pointing out uh, to the isolated incident argument, there was the jail tape, the call with the son, mm -hmm. uh, where he'd also used the N-word. Um, I don't know. I mean, my, my disappointment with it is just that uh, it seemed like, you know, hey, enough time has passed. Now it's cool. We can kind of ease him back in there. Uh, but if you're going to tell the locker room anything rather than, hey, you never know when somebody's going to be recording you. Why not, you know, say something along the lines of, you know, as WWE superstars, we carry a responsibility. Like our fans look up to us and they're just as diverse as the world we live in. You know, there's added pressure on us to show that we are uh, uh, the better of human potential rather than the lesser of human instinct at all times. And if you're in the company, you know, you have the status, that pressure is upon you. As opposed to like, hey, watch what you're saying, brother. You never know when somebody's recording and it's going to be on TMZ and ruin your career. Yeah. I mean, look, one of the most common strategies in public relations is you want to get out in front of it. Uh, and that's kind of what New Day is doing by releasing the statement right now. You kind of just want to get out in front of it just to set the tone and maybe even just let that be the one word you're saying get out of it. Obviously, in Hulk's situation, you know, he was, from a PR standpoint, completely behind, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and it wasn't the best. You know, yeah, I mean, he said a lot, you know, the things that he has said, you know, up, up until this point, you know, did have a lot of... Um, you know, excuse type tones to it. You know, like you're saying. You know, so I mean, it, it it it's a it's a it's a crappy situation all the way around. Uh, yeah, this is you know, this is the first time that he's going to get to speak about it while being back officially with the company since they you know since they excommunicated him once all this stuff came out. So this is his one. It's it's kind of like the one first impression he gets. He gets one first impression back. To, so hopefully that speech was 
good and came off authentic and was authentic, and then whatever if he does address the uh, WWE universe, if they if they decide if Vince decides that he thinks that that's necessary, uh, hopefully his words are chosen um, carefully and again are authentic. Yeah, and I think you know Matt Morgan actually suggested this the other night that Hogan has a huge opportunity to speak to uh, white kids that are I don't want to say like at risk of becoming racist, but that have grown up in predominantly white environments that are not aware of the multicultural world we live in. And I think he has a real opportunity to steer some people on the right path. My, my thing with, with all of this is that, you know, the apologists for the past couple of years are like, oh, it was one thing, and like you've never said anything behind closed doors. You know, it's it's the people that have this tolerant idea, like, well, a little racism, right? That's cool. Um, I think it's the idea that Hogan has a chance to set them straight. I'm like, hey, it's 2018. You know, this is the world we're living in and, and there's just no time for these, you know, severely outdated attitudes. Yeah, I mean, and I forget the year it was that he actually made the comments. Not that it makes it right when he made the comments, but yeah, I mean, the the point is now it is 2018. He just, yeah, you know, he needs to. He's got this one chance to make this new first impression. But but to what you just referenced that Matt was saying, yeah, I mean, uh, right now, I mean, in the world, there, you know, in 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 the U.S. specifically, there, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, it's all over the news right now, different uh, things that are that are being racially charged, whether it's yeah, gee, it's like a renaissance of racism going on, right? right? You know, so you know, and, and, and issues, you know, between, you know, different, different cultures. So, yeah, I mean, this is a chance for, for Hulk Hogan, who, you know, obviously he's not the pop culture uh, icon and role model that he was in, you know, 1987, but this is a chance for him. He's still very well known and he's going to have, you know, several million people watching him, you know, uh, on the WWE network and, and or raw or SmackDown. So this is a chance for him to potentially make a difference. That concludes wrestling with privilege, the segment of the wrestling Inc podcast. Next week, Mexicools. What was up with that? Um, anyhow, SmackDown Live last night, man, uh, better than uh, Raw this week, which I didn't watch. I just saw online. People seem to like this better than Raw. So weird to take a week off watching Raw. Did I miss anything on Raw this week? Did you miss anything on Raw? Uh, well, we're going to have Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns to decide who fights Brock. Paul Heyman showed up, so it's always good when you hear a Paul Heyman promo. Um, uh, Raw was okay. You know, SmackDown definitely better. SmackDown was a very, uh, very good, tight, fun show. Uh, a lot of things uh, worth, uh, worth uh, noting, and that are you know now, and they 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 set a lot of things up. Um, and mentioned SummerSlam several times. So yeah, good show. Yeah. Um. So last night, man, I thought there was a lot to to like last night. Um. We got opened with uh, setting up Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy, their rematch for later in the night. And uh, the first match we saw was AJ Styles versus Andrade Cien Almas. So, man, talk about graduating uh, from Sin Cara. Um, <laughs> I mean, Andrade did lose this match, but at least I think it elevated the, the conversation to where he's, uh, you know, being spoken about. What did you think of uh, the match itself? I thought it was a great match, I, and I thought, you know, and, and if and if and I have seen this, is why I'm addressing it. If if you're somebody who gets who's who's you know hung up on the fact that Almas lost, uh, you know, you're missing. It was a great match, and who cares who wins or loses? It wasn't for the title. It was a great showing. Um, I mean, it was competitive. I mean, it was a competitive match. You know, you had a few moments because non-title. You're like almost like man, you know, you, you could almost make a case. You thought Almas was going to get it there. Um, Great showing for him. Yeah, true graduation from Sankara. 
Um, you know, don't know what Almas is going to have up in the, in the immediate future. Don't know what he's going to have at SummerSlam. But if they, you know, hopefully they continue to, you know, uh, use him on a regular basis uh, on SmackDown or at least, you know, have a promo or something. It was a great match. And there's so many spots. I mean, I, I, without going through play by play of the entire match, just a really well done match. It was fun to watch these two. Yeah, I think Andrade, I mean, showed that uh, he's at a much higher level than than people might suspect based on how he's been booked. And, uh, of course, um, Styles won with the calf crusher. I thought uh, the whole thing was good. Great segment to kick off the show. And we, didn't we talk about this before? I think I think we, you and I talked about this, about, you know, like what's the formula of what makes a good episode of TV that SmackDown does so well? And part of that's unpredictability matches we haven't seen. This was exactly that. It was better you know, quality of match than a lot of the repeats, the guys that we see working with each other week in and week out in these repetitive feuds. I mean, give us more like this and SmackDown will keep being an enjoyable show. Yeah, fresh matchups. And also, I always say, you know, if, if every segment can, can further a story or can further characters. And while there's really no, while there's no backstory to these two, um, it, you know, it, 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 it kind of set the tone. Okay, AJ Styles is still fighting champion. Again, even though it wasn't a title match, but he's a fighting champion. This is the why the guy is the champion. Uh, but he's got a competitive roster that he's got that he's got chasing him. And, and here's a new competitor that's 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 in the that's not in the mix, but a new competitor that's on the roster. Uh, and Almas. So um, absolutely, dude. great great match, great segment. So what'd you think of Aiden apologizing to uh, Lana and Rusev based on the performance of Extreme Rules? I thought it was. I mean, you know, I was at Extreme Rules, so I thought it's worth. It was worth. I'm glad they acknowledged it. Uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, I mean, the whole, I, I think they have, they really, I mean, they haven't scratched the surface really. We've seen a few segments of um, Lana English and Rusev together, but I, and, and obviously we've seen English manage Lana a time or two. Like, I, I think that they really have a lot more potential what they could do with this trio. So I hope that they are not setting up for this, uh, you know, dismantling them. Yeah. It's uh, I think a storyline that they can always go back to when Rusev doesn't have a great feud or they're not giving Lana something to do. So um, what do you think they should do with Rusev from here? Good question. I mean, you know, the I, 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 bottom line, keep him in something meaningful. Like, let's not, again, let's not, uh, you know, again, that's why I don't, I don't want him to fight English because I, I think that there's, again, there's so much potential of, of the trio. So, you know, I, um, I wouldn't be opposed if they want to try to find uh, another tag team that can also have uh, a female with them and try to, you know, maybe work towards a, a, a three on three for SummerSlam that has that, that that's a mixed three on three. I mean, anything that's going to get all three members, Lana, English, and Rusev, all three members of Rusev Day, uh, you know, f you know, on on the card, on the featured card, I'm all for. So uh, I don't know what that is. Like we got to wait and kind of see who maps out and goes with who over the next week or two. Uh, I just hope that they don't. Um, you know, again, I hope they don't break them up. Uh, I think uh, Usos and Naomi would be great against mm -hmm. Rusev Day with Lana at this yeah. point. Yeah, and, and Naomi and Lana have history, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. So Becky Lynch last night versus Mandy Rose. The match itself, fine and good. Uh, of course, Becky went with the disarm her, but that promo and mm. where Becky is at now, Becky charged, challenging Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Championship, setting up a match for next week based on the outcome of the match will determine whether Becky and Carmella go at SummerSlam. So, Justin, what are your thoughts on that match with Mandy last night? And then where do you think Becky's at right now? Are they going to pull the trigger on that real push we've all been waiting for? There were some parts where I thought it was one of Mandy Rose's better matches that I've seen. I mean, I, not that I've seen a ton of them. She's only had so many on TV, but I thought. Yeah, it was where's that? Network highlights? You know, the Mandy <laughs> yeah. Rose story? Clips, right. Mostly clips from Tough Enough? Right. No, but I thought it was, uh, it was an okay match. Um, yeah, Becky Lynch wins again, submission. Uh, makes a challenge. So I think, you know, yeah, she's definitely gonna have a match at SummerSlam for the title. Now, whether it is just a straight one-on-one or, you know, a lot of people are wondering, okay, what about, you know, what, what about, does Asuka still somehow get in there? You know, um, where's Charlotte? 
I thought she was supposed to be back. Another one, you know. Well, I think she has the ESPYs. This, oh, I mean, that's this right. Week. So, but no, I mean, I thought the promo by Becky was. I mean, Becky, if you watch the crowd, I mean, the crowd reacts to Becky Lynch. I mean, they get behind her. She's again, she's got a great look. Um, she's a good performer. I, I, I really, I think there's again more untapped potential here of what they could do now that she's, um, now that she's on her own with a push going. She has no WWE movie to film. I think this, you know, this could be a real. I mean, go back and watch the promo. Not only was the promo good, but just she burned a hole in that camera. She was burned oh, a hole yeah. in that horror camera. I mean, she. She was on. She was in it. I'm excited to see. I don't know if she wins it at SummerSlam, but I, I think she's she's got it in her future at some point. Maybe they maybe they timed that with the Marine Six coming out direct to <laughs> direct to digital. Uh, you know, direct to digital. Well, because does are DVDs still a thing? I I don't know. I think Best Buy is like stopping. Or no, they stopped CDs. Uh, DVDs are probably going away too. <sighs> Hoodwinked. Remember, remember we bought all the DVDs, people. Now they're just sitting there like, I don't even have a thing that can play what, this anymore. What, what, what was it in, in the first Men in Black? Tommy Lee Jones said this thing's going to, it was like a little mini, like a little tiny CD is going to replace the uh, CD. Yeah. Ones. Oh, man. Um, I thought up. Becky's speech was fantastic last night. I think, uh, man, she has held it down. And in fact, this is the problem, right? This idea that Charlotte has been gone. She was dealing with, uh, I believe, a ruptured implant, uh, taking a little time off to deal with that do some ambassador work for the wwe and this idea like oh they're gonna lean on becky but i'm seeing what becky's doing in these promos and i'm bringing in the crowd reaction and i think becky is connecting in a way charlotte still hasn't after all these years i agree with that and it's it's very hard to art it's very hard to find the words and articulate it it's, it's one of those things in wrestling it's just it's just feel you just feel that you know it's not yeah. necessarily need to be explained you just feel it uh, but for the case of a podcast here, where we have to try to explain it. it's hard to do. But I completely agree. There, there. Charlotte, Charlotte has all the things. She has all the, the physical tools, and again, the name, and she's athletic, and she's performed really great matches. Um, and she's been a part of you know so many of the of the first in the in the women's revolution. But yeah, there's something with Becky that's just a little bit different that feels more natural. Yeah, we'll see if they do it, man. I think. Charlotte could come back next week, interfere somehow. There's a couple different ways this could go. To your point, maybe it's a four-way. Maybe it's Becky, Carmella, Asuka, That's what Charlotte. I've, that's yeah. what I've been saying for weeks. That's what I think it, it will or should be, especially considering the other women's title is going to be a straight one-on-one with Rousey. I would just do a four-way over here with SmackDown. Yeah, our uh, truth showing up backstage last night. <laughs> who who still wears Bluetooth earpieces? Well, that was a thing like like 10 years ago who still wears them well apple airpods do do, do are you an apple guy or an android guy i have a i have a google pixel phone but i have a i have everything else that apple i have apple computers and everything else so these airpods are now more obnoxious even than bluetooth like i i have some and i use them but the problem is you look like you have these dangling earbuds you know that you just walk around with all the time and people are talking on the way that they were bluetooth headsets it's it's brought back the trend but yeah uh our truth doing it old school you know, old school you know 10 years old uh that very much fits his character you know and, and at one point i remember thinking to myself as i'm watching this like wow they're still flying our truth to <laughs> our truth still coming to every tv like i, I totally forgot that he was that he's at every TV taping, or most of them, I guess. Hey, I love our truth. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not hating on the guy. I just, yeah. it, you know, got to give him credit. He's had a, a really longevity has been a thing. I mean, from you know, even going back to the the, the K Quick days. I mean, he's 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 put a lot of time in. Absolutely, man. Um, so he has a little exchange with Ty Dillinger, setting up Ty Dillinger's exchange, uh, his match with Samoa Joe. So, uh, I think you're next number one contender. Yeah, so oh Samojo. Yeah, not Ty yeah. Dillinger. Uh not Ty Dillinger. 
uh, Ty Dillinger, number 10 on the contenders list. I'm sure <laughs> he'd be lucky if he's number 10 on the contenders list right now. Oh, remember the SmackDown superstar rankings? Remember that debacle six months ago? The top 10 list. I tried to forget it, but yes, I remember. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, that was the lowest point of SmackDown <laughs> since the brand split. Uh, so good for Ty that he's on TV. I mean, I don't think people are expecting Ty to get a major push, but, uh, you know, he, he had a match with Samoa Joe. There was some back and forth before he got uh, choked out in the Coquina Clutch. Yeah, I like the way it started. It was good that Ty, like, you know, Rush Joe and started that kind of physical, that you know, intensity and physicality. That was good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody wants everybody, every, especially guys that were uh, had a, had a certain success in NXT. Everybody wants everybody from NXT to be, you know, pushed to the moon. But again, you can't push everybody to the moon simultaneously. All you can try to do is is is, is every time you see them, make it meaningful. And this was meaningful. He got attacked last week, so um, you know, it was it was meaningful. He lost, but again, he 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 had a, you know, there was some competitiveness there. And ultimately, again, Joe's got Joe's the priority right now, so. Absolutely. Um, I thought this was a good match and Samoa Joe, I think, versus AJ. Man, I'm really looking forward to that. I think uh, that could be an excellent feud if they do it right. I just think need to give AJ more perspective to his character. I feel like AJ's been lacking motivation for quite some time. Yeah, well, he's, he's got a he's had a lengthy title run by by this by today's standards. I mean, yeah, it, it is kind of one dimensional. He's just the guy that's just so good. It's just his house, um, which you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it, sometimes that can that can be a little bit. Oh, it, it's it's going to be redundant, obviously. When you because all it's going to be is just the same. It's just just the same story. I'm going to out wrestle you, and I'm going to you know, and I'm going to you know keep my house. <laughs> this is the house that I built. It is it is somewhat one dimensional, but he he kind of he gets a pass, I think, because again, his matches are so phenomenal. Yeah, I thought this was a se segment of the night last night. The Miz holding a funeral for Team Hell No, uh, coming out. I mean, just that little detail at the beginning when he was like shaking people's hands. Yeah, like, no, like that was great. Mourners great. at a funeral. Oh my God. That was. So they're pulling the trigger, right? This is the Miz and Daniel Bryan. It's what we wanted. Um, they, I mean, even when they had the graphic for this last night, I mean, I was like, do they have a stock graphic backstage of the Miz looking down, you know, looking like he's uh, being somber? I mean, this whole thing last night, if you skipped. SmackDown this week, at least go back and watch this segment. We're going to see clips from this segment again and again and again in the build-up to SummerSlam. Um, this so far is off to, you know, an A-plus start for the feud we're all so much looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. Everything from the Miz's graphic to the graphics they found for the LED board to make it look like a funeral, you know, vase of flowers and all the just the whole, yeah, the whole whole thing was done well. Um, Miz, you know, obviously one of the best on the mic, so he, you know, he excelled at this, and we got the Brian uh, attack from behind. So yeah, we're off. You know, this this doesn't need. That's a great thing about the story. The story has been going on for so long. Uh, some of it inadvertently when they probably didn't think they would ever have Brian Russell again. Uh, it's not. It's not. It shouldn't be hard to do. This should be. This should be a layup in the creative room, so to speak. This really. Um, this shouldn't be hard to do. I mean, you got plenty of archive footage to pull out of sound bites to make those wonderful video packages they make. Uh, and then you got what you got three, four weeks until SummerSlam. Um, just, just let these guys do what they've been doing for the last what, two years, which is just let them tow that line of, Ooh, was he supposed to say that? Just let them take the shots. Yeah. They take. That's going to be the key. And they both have reality shows, which is going to be kind of interesting. That's true. I didn't think yeah. about that. See that perspective. Uh, you looking forward to Mrs. Miss and Mrs. debuting soon on the USA Network? I don't know. I, I'll, I'll try. I, I don't know. I, 
I've fallen out of being able to tolerate the reality show stuff. I I I, I watched I watched Total Divas when it started because I did think it was like it was a, it was an interesting perspective to see from just from the and this is before the women's revolution really you know so I thought it was an interesting perspective to see from the divas you know in, in the in the in the travel and everything and then the mixing of their real lives but I, I fell off years ago I don't know I'll I'll give it a shot because Miz is an is an entertaining guy but I don't I don't think that I'm gonna hold on for a whole season. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how in character he is through the whole thing. Well, he, yeah, because he's because I've said this before. Like, I, I think I've interviewed him more than probably anybody on the roster in terms of the number of times because I make him available for media so much, and he's always on. He never, which is that's a, that's a, and that's what I think help makes him so good. He's all there's never that. Oh well, he's playing Miz. No, he is Miz all the time. Which is see, I think so because when I hear him, uh, well, maybe it's the fact that he's very good about being self-effacing when he talks about his past. Um, so when I hear him in interviews and he talks about when he debuted on the roster, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk about with a chip on his shoulder. He talks about in these funny stories, you know, when he talks about the real world. Um, yeah, but he easily pulls it right back and then says, well, that's why I'm so damn good now. Like he, 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 yeah. he, he, he never strays too far, which I think is pretty, pretty admirable in this day and age where we can pretty much see, I mean, the freaking undertaker has an Instagram when everybody's, everybody's veil gets dropped. I think it's pretty incredible how he can hold on to it. Did you watch uh, the real world 10 back to New York when it first aired? No. Oh, I mean, it, to me, that that's literally my my first uh, recollection with him. I mean, I was a big real world fan at the time. And to think that kid is now the top heel in the WWE is just mind blowing to me. Um, he actually, some interesting stuff. He actually when, my, when my wife yeah. was in when my wife was uh, in college, she actually hit on my wife at a, at a club. Oh, wow. For one time. So that's, yeah, that's, that's the only that's the only uh, real world era uh, Mike Mazanin knowledge I have. Yeah, well, his original version of The Miz that he did on that show, uh, there was, like, one episode where uh, the roommates were out, and it was just him, like, amusing himself. But it was much more Hogan Macho Man, mm. like, let me tell you, brother, you know, and him, like, tackling couch pillows and stuff. Uh, but it was funny. Um, yeah, he's come such a such a long way. And uh, But, yeah, if you go back and watch The Real World, he was definitely still at the tail end of his awkward phase uh, in those episodes. So I'm looking forward to see him back doing reality TV. I uh, hope we get to see more of, uh, the guy behind the guy in addition to the character that we all know and love. Um, last night. Yeah. And that segment did end with Daniel Bryan attacking him from behind. Give me more of, uh, uh this please. Um, Eric Young versus Kofi Kingston last night. So we had sanity and new day out there. Eric Young picking up a win again with the big wheel bear, the big wheelbarrow neck breaker. Uh, for the pin, but yeah, they built this up quite a bit. This is a pretty lengthy match. I mean, New Day versus Sanity is still going on. How is this feud working for you, Justin? And what did you think of the match last night? Well, the match was good. I, I don't, I'm not so into the feud. Again, it makes sense, you know, a trio versus a trio. Um, I'm glad Eric Young won. You know, I think, I think Sanity, you know, does need some momentum of some wins um, since coming to SmackDown, but uh, yeah, it doesn't. I enjoy anything the New Day does for the most part. I'm not like really like invested, so to say. But I mean, the match was good. I mean, I thought it was it was cool to see Kofi and Eric Young. I think they not, I think they noted. You know, we never seen that matchup. So again, fresh matchup. Uh, I thought they worked well together. Yeah. Oh man! After that last night, we uh, had the main event: United States title match, Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I got okay. I, just before I forget. Randy Orton interfered in this match. This was a barn burner match when uh, beyond uh, one or two commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. A lot of good back and forth. Randy Orton shows up out of nowhere. Um, 
just goes at Hardy and was pulling on the earlobe with the piercing and the stretched ear. Like at home, my wife and I both turning away, you know, watching it through uh, fingers. I don't know if you saw in the audience, people with piercings like covering their ears. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's there's only one Randy Orton. That's a heel Randy Orton. There should be no option for anything else. Um, you know, his intensities. Just, you know, he's got this, that vibe about him. I, I, you know, I found it comical, you know, well, not comical, but him screaming, you know, you want to know why I did this? You're going to have to wait. You know, it better be a damn good reason. Um, you know, he's pulling the guy's earlobe. Uh, I have a feeling, though, considering that the two, like, have history that goes back, you know, I mean, they obviously were, Randy's been in the company forever, and, you know, then Jeff obviously had his long run before leaving. I'm, I have a feeling it's going to be something of a throwback of, like, you know, you know, you left and you screwed up and now you're back. And I've been, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be something like that. And it'll all be a matter of how he, how he delivers and executes it, uh, executes it. I'm, I'm very interested though, what the reason is after he kept saying, we'll have to wait, we have to wait as he's pulling the guy's ear. Oh, I wonder if they're going to go reality era and just be like, you know, I drive on those roads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, but <laughs> I could see something of like, I don't know. See, then again, it, it, I don't know. I, but I, I wouldn't put a pass and do something, you know, like a little bit of reality in terms of like, you know, you know, Jeff, you left and you had your problems. And now we're doing the hearty specials of how woken you guys all are. And I've been here. I've made the sacrifice. I'm away from my kid. I don't know. I, I, I could see something. I mean, what other reason really is there? There's no, like, there, there's no other, like, there's no, they're not fighting over a title. One didn't like turn on the other one. Like it's, it's going to have to be something some kind of like perspective from Randy Orton's career that he's going to have to give of why he's so angry at Jeff Hardy. Yeah. We shall see. Uh, what'd you think of Hardy versus Nakamura last night? Our U S champ Nakamura. Yeah. But again, another good match. I mean, all, I mean, I think, you know, smash. I didn't really have a bad match. Um, I like the fact that the U S title was, was being, was the priority. I liked the fact that, that, you know, that that was the one that the U S title story was the recap they showed at the top of the show before, yeah, uh, going live in the arena. You know, I mean, you, you got AJ, but it wasn't for a title match. It was just kind of just having AJ on the show. I like the fact they built to. You know, it makes the it's just the same as the IC title being the main event on Sunday. It it's a good way to remind people. Okay, these mid card titles do matter, and by um, having a show where that's the main event focus, where that's what you're building to, is this US title match. I thought that's a you know a, a good move. You know, you have a couple more weeks to 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 do stuff with the WWE Championship. So take advantage right now as we have a new US champion and, and run with it. So I'm thinking this is all Vince, but Nakamura doing the U.S. title thing, similar to uh, how Kevin Owens did with Face of America. It's like, is that Vince's one sort of go-to? Like, we're going to have the, the quote-unquote, you know, other heel that wins this, you know, the non-American, and then they're going to sort of push it in a way that, I don't know, is, is purposely confrontational? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's a very old-school thing, have the, have the foreign guy dislike America, or have the foreign guy win an American the American and name us title. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it might be the go-to, the simple go-to, but hey, look at it this way. If, if you're Nakamura fan, it's at least a sign that they're not just discarding Nakamura, even though after him, not after him continually losing to AJ and not winning the title there, that title, at least if this is a, if you're a Nakamura fan, this at least shows, okay, they, you know, still have some commitment to him. Yeah. Uh, so Hardy did the Swantum bomb on TV last night. A really good one. Yeah. So he's not doing that at live events anymore, huh? No, yeah, it seems like he's trying to, which is, I mean, it's smart, uh, you know, it, yeah, people look forward to seeing that and uh, and everything in live events, you know, I'm sure that's maybe something that people are looking forward to if they're coming out and they see Jeff Hardy in the car, but it's smart by him, you know, he's done it for, you know, 20 plus years, I mean, yeah, you got to save, 
save your body if you're going to keep it going. He's in his, he's 40 now. So uh, yeah, smart by him. Do it when it matters, which ultimately is on TV. Yeah. Um, I think uh, his promo, which we didn't talk about at the beginning, what do you think of uh, Jeff Hardy using the term broken to describe his, his mindset since losing the U.S. title? Uh, makes sense. I mean, he's, he's, you know, between the face paint and the kind of run of, you know, and everything. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if, I don't think they're planning to move Matt off of Raw right now, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, there's no, there's no secret. You're related, you're, you're related to the guy who's broken and woken and same last name. And I'm sure they'll come back together at some point again. So yeah, make, I mean, I thought it was, a, I, I'm sure it was done on purpose. Let's put it that way. Yeah, man. I think, uh, God, with the Hardys, you know, Matt, is, is fading into the background more and more on raw each week. It's interesting that with Jeff, they have uh, quickly kicked him back up to that level of being a main event superstar. Yeah. Uh, again, he's a solid performer. You know, um, he, he's, 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 he continue, again, 20 years later, he continues to be a draw. He's just, you know, visually he's exciting uh, to watch. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think, I think part of it you look at is, you know, you have Matt, you know, Matt's creative is some of it, you know, is again the stuff that he brought and that he's trying to push. And you know, you got to get on the same page of the decision makers in WWE. I think Jeff's a little bit more, hey, what do you want me to do? So maybe there's a little bit less, I don't know if I would say restrictions with Jeff, but it's just, it's kind of like, you know, all right, Jeff, we're going to do the really cool face paint, the contacts, go out and be the charismatic enigma. Whereas Matt, there might be a little bit more, you know, trying to, you know, trying to capture what was, what he's already done once in terms of, you know, the, the whole broken character. Um, so interesting dynamics on each side of trying to uh, write for them. So we talked before about how Finn Balor is not getting the demon, not getting the makeup. Um, Jeff Hardy is getting the makeup now as, as his front and center persona. I mean, every week there's something new. Do you think they're burning that out with Jeff by having him rely, even on doing like the eyes closed with the painted on eyes over his eyelids trick every week? Do you think they're going to run this into the ground or no. danger of doing so? I mean, I don't really know how you run it in the ground. I mean, the look, it looks, it, the look is the look. I mean, um, you know, he's got the, some different the, ones. The, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's not really running in the ground. I mean, it's, you know, it's a process. He has to put it on now for pictures and for promos or whatever. Uh, you know, the, the thing about the, the thing about the, with Finn is that Jeff, uh, Jeff's not, you know, he's not, he's not calling himself brother Nero. Jeff, Jeff's just being Jeff Hardy. And he's always been eccentric and different. The whole thing with Finn is that the demon is like this alter ego. So that's where the trouble becomes is that if it's an alter ego, you can't be it every time you have to have, you have, if you have two egos, you have to be, you have two personalities, you have to be one of the other personalities sometimes too. So that's the problem where it comes with Finn and the demon thing is like, you know, is when he's going to switch on to the alter ego and that alter ego then needs to be protected. It can't, you know, it needs to have, you know, less weakness and et cetera, et cetera. That's what makes it better for Jeff is Jeff's not proclaiming to have an alter ego. Jeff's just being Jeff Hardy, which makes that a lot easier. Yes, the Teen Wolf paradox, as we've broken down uh, yes. the podcast many a time. Which it's so funny because as soon as we the last what was it two weeks ago when we talked about that, I saw Teen. I've seen Teen Wolf on like two or three times. Since. Really? Yes. Wow. On like a movie channel. It's weird, you know. I had that the last couple of weeks. I've been referencing the movie Rad, the BMX classic, and then it was so weird that I was like browsing through movies last night, and it was like boom, it's like there's Rad, and I'm like, that's so random that this film that goes away. You know, and I was just citing in great detail. And now it's like, there's got to be something in the universe that I believe the band, the police referred to it as synchronicity. Um, you know, this this weird connection and this connective tissue of the way things work. You know, it is one part, you know, somebody says, hey, have you have you seen the the one legged bear running around? The next thing you know, the one legged bear is sitting in your backyard every day. It's just once somebody tells you something, all of a sudden you're going to, you know, have you seen that commercial? No. And then you see the commercial every day. 
Yeah. Uh, no, with Jeff Hardy, I think it's good. Um, something's still missing for me, I think, because he gives these promos. And, and this is kind of like the Bray Wyatt conundrum, right? It's like if you go out there and you speak in a certain cadence and you use a certain bag of words and you have a certain tone and set of ideas, at a certain point, it's like the Mad Lib generator for a Jeff Hardy promo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what's it all mean? What's the purpose? Yeah, he's of really not saying anything. Right. What's you it know? all mean? I, and I think maybe the 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 vagueness is part of the charm, dare I say. Uh, I don't know. It, it depends on how people react to it. I mean, people... Oh, yeah, the reaction I, from the crowd last night was fantastic. When he Yeah, I mean, I think... I think there's there's been frustration with Bray over the year. Bray, there's been frustration with Bray because Bray, nothing ever. You know, Bray rarely seems to like it's followed through with. You know, there's all this talk, and I'm coming to get you, and you're going to have this, you know, catastrophic event happen to you, and it, it always kind of feels like, eh, not quite. Uh, but if you know, with Jeff, I mean, he talks vague, and he goes out and he does the the big moves you want to see, and he's he's won, you know, some titles, and so I, mean, I think I think that the vagueness can be a charm if uh, uh, if the actions seem legit. Yeah. And I think for Randy, what a good chance for Randy Orton to be interesting and relevant in the year 2018 if they play this right. Absolutely. You know, Randy Orton, uh, I had a heads up, you know, Randy Orton, the amazing thing with Randy Orton is that I think there was a stretch of period where it was kind of like, like a, like a lull with Randy. And I, I think the problem's always been is that Randy accomplished so much, so quickly, so young. I mean, I can't pinpoint the exact age, but I mean, easily by his mid to late 20s, he had accomplished everything there was to accomplish from talking from winning titles to being in certain matches to working with the legends to working with the Undertaker. I mean, like there was nothing that he hadn't done. And that can sometimes be again, that could be that could backfire on you because it's like where I mean, he just got so much. So uh, he's like you know. the Adele of professional wrestling. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can go that way. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think so. I think I think when we can in 2018, when we can find ways for him to be relevant, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, thumbs up, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing you do that, it's like, how do you follow it? Um, and it is very much like a music act because people just want the RKO, they're yelling for it, like saying, you know, play Skinnerd, uh, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama, uh, you know, Freebird. I'm not saying Freebird's what everybody yells for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like that's his hit. The RKO yeah. is his uh, is his free bird. Well, it doesn't take 12 minutes to to do though. And the weird thing, I haven't said this in a while. People yell for it when they see Randy Orton. He's gonna do it, people. Like <laughs> it's never out of nowhere. We always know it's coming. <laughs> I have a real issue with that because the announcers act so surprised. Oh my God, the RKO out of nowhere. Who would have thought, Randy Orton? Well, it's not. It's not that the RKO is not on his mind. That it's surprising <laughs> that he pulled it out. It's that. It's that. How can he execute the move without the opponent knowing it's coming? Yes. His initials are literally RKO. What's his middle name? Keith. Ken Kenneth. I think it's Keith. Yeah. <laughs> so that's branding. Your move. Your initials. Same thing. He's like, try and copyright that, Vince McMahon. Um. What, what yeah. would your What would yours be? What's your middle name? Uh, David. GDR. GTR is pretty good. It's pretty solid. It's like kind of GTR, you know. Sounds like sounds like a degree GTS. dumb people. Sounds like a, a degree that the dumb people get. Yes, the GDR. Yeah. <laughs> I just got my the, GDR. The GDR is the dumb person explaining what they think is the GED. You know. <laughs> yeah, the I rules. got my uh, good diploma registration regulation. I don't know. I took your a test. Your first name sounds intelligent. Your full yeah. initial sounds like it's a second-rate degree, and your last name yeah. sounds like a very good sandwich. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it, man. Uh, so Justin, I think, man, we talked about everything that needed to be discussed and then some, uh, where could people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, at Justin LeVar, it's got my, uh, on my Twitter, it's got everything, uh, from, uh, my, uh, wrestling rally podcast, chair shot rally. That's here on the wrestling Inc. YouTube. It's also got fun pictures and tweets. Uh, we, had a, we had a big week this past weekend here in Pittsburgh, not only with Extreme Rules here, but I uh, hosted the Bruce Pritchard Something to Wrestle With show, so some good pictures there. I met, as our, we had our special guest of the podcast, I met Jerry McDivitt, the longtime lawyer of Vince McMahon. Uh, that, was, that was fun. We, uh, How so, did that go? <laughs> great. It was, it was, he, he walked in. I, I had never met him, and he walked in. He goes, hey, he's like, you're the guy that writes uh, WWE. And is, uh, you're, <laughs> I, I was, I've I, thought I, about I was, suing you many a time. <laughs> No, he was he was tremendous, and he did the you know, he did the live podcast. It was not recorded, but he did a live podcast. He told some stories about Vince and the history. Wow. And what what I'll say this about Jeremy McDivitt. What amazed me is again knowing nothing about. I, I knew he was based in Pittsburgh, but no, not knowing anything about him. You figure, okay, lawyer for WWE. Obviously, he's obviously he knows better than anybody all the legal stuff. I was amazed how well he remembers talent names. Like he could, without without hesitation, he could recall. He could say. Jim the M and I and our Ricky the Dragon Steamboat nails. He could recall talents. You know, because you think, okay, lawyer, you're dealing with real names, and you know, is he a wrestling fan? Or is it is it just business to him? But I was really amazed how well he knew the product. Again, going back 30 years, I thought that was pretty cool. He was sharp as a tack. That's awesome, man. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Please uh, give me a follow on there. I tweet along with much of live WWE programming each week. And uh, I'm out next week, man. I'm going uh, to Philadelphia for a podcaster conference. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll run into some wrestlers with podcasts there. We'll see how that goes. So what am I going to do? Uh, Raj, I think, probably next Wednesday. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, it'll happen. It's so weird for me. It was weird for me Monday to like not watch Raw Live and then come on here and do the podcast. I think uh, that was the first break in my streak uh, maybe this year. So. Yep, so much for being the Iron Man. Yeah, I, I will miss you all next week, and uh, I'll be back the following Monday. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we will see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>